Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 am 970 the answer presents eye on real estate this is your premier source for real estate information from the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest real estate market trends from mortgage news to answers to all your real estate questions you'll be in the know with help from the experts Call now, 866-970-9622. That's 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elliman's CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back. You're listening to Eye on Real Estate. I'm here with our legal expert, Jerry Feeney, and our financial expert, Ace One or Two Support, almost, almost, almost. Almost, And um, our credit expert, uh, we're so happy to have him back, Dan Sater. And he's internationally known, he's an internationally known credit expert who's helped thousands of people get back on their feet and on their way to getting a mortgage. Good morning or good afternoon. I think it's closer to afternoon. Hi, Dan. <laughs> Hi, Dottie. How are you doing? I'm good. And it's a nice weekend out, and there's a lot of things going on. Isn't there races today at Belmont? No, oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, there's a big race today. I think uh, they're running uh, this afternoon. And uh, I, I, was hope, I, I was glad it didn't rain for them because I think the last race I watched, it was raining, and it was really a mudslide. I think that was the Kentucky Derby that it was. Wasn't it raining? Yeah, I think it was. Mm-hmm. So anyhow, Dan. Yes. What's going? You know, first of all, you can reach Dan at creditguy at yahoo dot com. That's creditguy at yahoo dot com, or you can visit him at his website, Credit Scoring Advisor, creditscoringadvisor dot com. And as I said, it doesn't matter what you're doing; you will always get a better rate. If your credit, the better your credit is, the better the score is, the better rates you'll get. And so it's not only if you're buying a house, if you're going to buy anything. And so, Dan, what's going on with credit? Is there anything that we should know? Uh, we, uh, uh, you know, because you know, people get hacked today. They don't really know sometimes somebody got their credit. Uh, what What do you, and, and with the Dobbs-Frank Act, I think there's a little, like, loosening up on that. What's going on with credit? Yeah, matter of fact, uh, that was a new bill that was signed into law May 24th called the Economic Growth Regulatory Relief and Consumer Protection Act. Um, This is a law that will go into effect in the beginning of September this year. And uh, two major uh, provisions in it is it provides for greater consumer protections and improved access to mortgage credit. And uh, with the consumer protection on security freezes, that's a, a security freeze prevents anyone from gaining access to your credit report. 
And after the Equifax hacking and the bureaus deciding to use that as a great cottage uh, industry of getting new sources of income, uh, they put in uh, this part of the law that your rights to a security freeze have now been expanded. Uh, It will now be free to have a security freeze, to temporarily release that security freeze for a creditor. And that's even if you're not a victim of identity theft, you still get that. You can even put the security freeze on children under 16 years of age. And if they have no credit file, a file will be created, and then they'll immediately put the freeze on that file. When should you put the freeze on? What's that? When should you put a freeze on your credit? Well, when any time that you suspect that there may be a problem with your credit or somebody getting in, into your account, that would probably be a good time to put that freeze on. The nice thing about it is that I, I always recommended people not be bothered with it, only because it was so onerous to try to get that security freeze, and then you had to pay uh, 5 or $10 to get it taken off temporarily, and then it had to be put back on. Now uh, what they're doing is they're issuing a PIN number that will be issued for a one-time lender access. So it'll be easy to do. You can do it right online. So uh, anytime you're concerned about people uh, getting improper access to your credit file, you can put that security freeze on and um, protect yourself at the same time. Now, with it. what does that exactly do? Does it, it freezes anybody from using your I mean, how, how does that work? Well, well, on a security freeze, it freezes anybody from getting into your account, seeing your accounts, and trying to get information so they can um, use your account for identity theft. It doesn't prevent them necessarily from creating a, a new account in, in your name. So you've oh. got to be a little careful on it. And then, of course, the well, Let me wait. Work. Hold on for a second. Yep. So if, unless I was buying a house or something and I wanted the, the, the bank or to see my credit, why would I want anybody to go in and look at my credit? Why wouldn't I just put that on every, anyway? Well, it's not a, not a bad idea now because they're, they're making it, as of September, making it very easy to put it on for free, uh, open it up if you want somebody that wants, you want them to run your credit for a car purchase or a mortgage or whatever it may be. Um, and then it's a one-time access that they have with a PIN co- number you give them. So it's not something that people can go into all the time. So it's, um, it's an easy thing to do at this point. So it's a good idea for a lot of people, especially since with that Equifax hacking, you know, somebody can use that information because it's all your basic information uh, this year, next year, two years from now. Well, let me say this. I mean, it's just what I heard. I, I'm not a credit expert, but I heard that that when the, with that, that those guys that hack those, they're not going to kind of use the number, use the information to like a couple of years when everybody forgot about it. Well, if I don't know what their their plan. Well, are, I don't think anyone really knows, but it's them, possible. But, but it's but, possible. Yes, but the the thing is that that certainly. Um, you know, it's like robbing money from the bank and, and having numbered bills. Uh, you may want to wait a few years before you start spending them because nobody's uh, really checking for them at that point, you know. Well, let me just tell you what happened to me. I, I it's about two weeks ago, and, um, 
you know, on the iPhone, there's a thing, Messenger. So I never checked that. But now people leave, you know, it's so much, it's like a hassle. You have to check five million different things to find out what people are leaving messages. <laughs> so I don't generally leave a message on Messenger. And uh, therefore, I don't tend to look at it so much. But there was, at the end of the day, I saw like a, a number, like eight or nine of messengers on Messenger. So I I go to that, and there's a, a woman who was on my Facebook, who I don't know who she was, um, and she wrote, you've been hacked. And she put a name down of this person that hacked me, and she said, you better notify all your friends. And uh, because if they accept this person as a friend, they're going to get hacked like you are. So I called up somebody I knew who was a pretty tech person, you know, and they said, oh, ignore it, it's a scam. So I just wasn't so sure about that. And so then I got an, uh, maybe a, a notice from Facebook or something saying that somebody logged into my account from upstate New York, which I wasn't in and I, you know, wasn't me. So I had to change. So I, I wrote back to the messenger woman and I want to thank her because she doesn't know me. Like, how do you know I was hacked? And she said, I work at a bank and, uh, you know, this person really had done some things to some of their customers. And so they, they, they got a hold of all this stuff. And I was one of the people that he hacked. And she said, here's my email. And uh, I changed my passwords immediately. But I'm, I would consider doing that myself because why would I, I wouldn't want anyone to get into my stuff. Yeah, I can't, I can't blame you. You know, and the this thing is, like is nowadays, time. more and more people are getting more skilled at hacking. Right. They are. Now, let me ask you something. So you have about a fraud alert. So that's where you somebody takes your identity. How do you how do you get that going for yourself? Okay, well, the fraud alert, you know, this protects you a little bit from the uh, identity theft. Um, and it requires the lender to verify directly with you before issuing credit. So your accounts aren't frozen. They can get the credit report. But since they have a fraud alert on it, if they're going to extend you credit, they've got to give you a call at the phone number that you leave on that for them to verify that you actually made this uh, charge or you wanted to get this credit. So that fraud alert now uh, is set up where they give you two types. One is a, an initial fraud alert, and the other is an extended fraud alert for seven years. The initial one was 90 days. Under this new law, this initial fraud alert has been extended for up to a full year. What so happens it's real, real easy year? to do right online. So where do you go to? You mean we should go to you and you'll let us know? I mean, where do we go? I mean... You, you know, like I'm the in the bureau. business and I don't even know where to go. I mean, I, I don't even I, I think about it, but I really haven't done anything. And I've been hacked a bunch of times. And I'm just saying, you know, I knock on wood. I don't want to say I've been lucky. I've been lucky. I've gotten to it before anybody got money or my identity. However, I just get nervous about it because I think people find out when it's too late. Yes, that's exactly right. But you go to this one of the three bureaus and they'll put that fraud alert on and notify the other two bureaus on it. Okay, so do you, you recommend everyone does a fraud alert? Well, uh, you do a fraud alert if you're worried about, again, somebody getting your credit. You don't want to have your head, credit hidden from your lenders, per se, but that you want to uh, uh, make sure that if somebody's issuing new credit, that they inquire of you directly that it's your account. Okay, so what, like, in other words, if you do it, is there any, I mean, other than your, 
Is there any downside to that? No, not really, because it just notifies any potential lender that's going to be lending you money just to check with you. Uh, For example, I had a client who... um, uh, had a bank give her a call because she was opening up a, an $11,000 loan with the bank, and instead of verifying the information on the uh, on their uh, application, they went to the phone book, looked her up, and called her directly, and she goes, I have no need for an $11,000 loan. So they realized that they had a fraud case here, and they just shut it right down. Yeah. Well, when anyone emails you from a bank or something, I'm pretty. And it's happened to me, but I'm pretty sure that you should never answer that because banks really don't usually send emails out, yeah, do they? Yeah, banks, the IRS, you know, none of these people or make a phone call like that. Um, it's always better for you to call them back if you get any sort of notice. And again, a lot of these hackers are very good at putting up the logos and whatnot. One of the key things you can do is when you get an email, for example, you can literally go over that email and see what the actual physical email address is. And it usually um, has a totally different thing than the name of the bank or the other institution. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, and and that way you can catch it and say, "Uh, I'm not opening this up. And if it's an account that you, you have and you're concerned about it, you're better off calling them directly. Or if they call you, say, well, let me give you a call back. You look up their number. Don't take their number. Call them back, and then you can discuss it if there's a, a concern that they have on that uh, that account. Yeah, I, I was going to say, because in this day and age, you really – you really have to be careful. And so, yeah, I was listening to my fr- a couple of my friends got the same call. It said, uh, you, like, are going to go to jail or lose, you know, we're going to fine you this because you, you know, you've uh, something with the IRS. It was like a phony mm-hmm. thing. And they have a number that you're supposed to call. And I guess once you call the number, I and I, and I just think about old people, older people who are, kind of sitting at home sometimes really probably or some people who really I mean it was like pay now or you're going to lose everything and uh, you know I I think some people pay it you know or they they call the number. That's why they have these scams going on because they make millions of dollars with these scams and a lot of times these scams uh, rotate numbers throughout the United States but the actual uh, phone call is being made from Nigeria or some other you know country uh, you know, to try to scam you out of money. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, so I think that that's a good thing. And, Dan, you always suggest that people check their credit a bunch of times so that they, you know, are on top of it. Because I don't think as many people do as they should uh, check their credit. I mean, I think obviously if you're looking for a home or you're going to do something of that nature, you're probably more on top of your credit or you should be. And you should have gone to ACE already. But if you're not, sometimes you could be lax on doing that. Yeah, I, I recommend that nowadays people check their credit report twice a year. You can go to annualcreditreport.com to get your free credit report once a year from each one of the bureaus. And there's a lot of companies now that will give you access for free uh, to your credit report so you can at least check it to see if there's any accounts you don't recognize or uh, any balances that you feel are different from what you really have. Yeah, that's really important. And so that that and credit rules. If you have good credit, you have bar, you know borrowing power in anything that you do. And you know, some, something even if you're not thinking of doing anything or buying anything, 
you should still make sure that credit is in pristine shape because it you might decide to do something and you then then it's not and you're going to pay either not get the money or pay a higher interest rate or you might have been hacked i mean you there's a whole thing so it's really really important and more important than anyone knows and again you can reach Dan at credit guy at yahoo.com or on his website. Uh, we had somebody last week or the week before call for your information. Uh, creditscoringadvisor.com. So, Dan, what tips do you want to, you know, is there anything that people should be aware of that you want to give us for them to keep on top of during the summer or anything that they should know that's up and coming? Or Well, right now, probably during the summer, there's not going to be a lot of right. legislative activity on these type of things. But the thing is that, of course, you should always be vigilant about your credit. It always pays, you know, to pull it uh, every six months just to see if there's things on there that you don't recognize, uh, especially if you're anticipating that you're going to be uh, purchasing a house. Uh, you want to prepare in advance, uh, like even two or three months before you go to see somebody like Ace, uh, to uh, get a copy of your credit report and scores so you can at least be aware if there's any problems that need to be addressed because that way at least you have a couple months in advance to start addressing these problems. Right. You shouldn't wait till you are at the home that you want or the apartment that you want to buy and you make a bid and then you apply for a mortgage and you can't get one. Or you Yeah, you know, there's nothing more discouraging than going out, shopping for a home, finding a home that you want, the the best home you could possibly wish for, then going to a mortgage company and they go, I'm sorry, your your credit score is too low. And sellers, if if it were me and I was selling my home, unless somebody's paying all cash, I would insist before I take their offer that I have access to their credit report because they can be very qualified. You know, when somebody walks into a or contacts a real estate or contacts, you, you, they tell you, you know, I work here, I have this, that, I make so much. And that might all be true, but it doesn't tell you about their credit. You know, did they miss some payments? Did they not pay some child support? Or they have late payments? So, you know, that all would hamper them getting a mortgage, or maybe it would be very high and they can get out of it. So you don't, and I always tell you, don't. it's not necessarily the, the top, top offer. It's the person that offers you the most but has the best credit. So I would definitely suggest, and Jerry, I don't know what you tell your sellers, but I, I suggest that you don't, unless it's all cash, that you make sure before you accept an offer and sign a contract that you've asked them for a copy of their credit report to make sure it's okay. And if they don't say they won't let you have access to it or your the attorney look at it, not that you want to see their credit, uh, then I would not go with those buyers. Well, certainly that they've been, they've spoken to a banker who's run their credit and the banker can attest to the fact that, you know, they have a likelihood of getting a loan. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Dan, listen, I, I hope that you'll come back on the next month. Every month I'd love to have you on, so just give everyone the tips and uh, enjoy the weekend. And, again, you could reach uh, Dan at credit. Well, which one is better? Credit guy at Yahoo. Credit guy at Yahoo.com. <laughs> and that's easier than, I think, credit score advisors. Okay, right. thanks so much for being on our show. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks. We'll talk to you next we month. We have some questions from the callers, so stay on the line if you have uh, 
you have we have a bunch of questions from from listeners so stay on the line we'll be right back and then we'll talk about take some questions and then we'll talk a little about planning for your retirement when you're 30 or 40 or 50 or if you didn't already we'll be right back right back after 866-970-9622 right back after the break It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back, and you're listening to I on Real Estate, and uh, we just got off with Dan Cedar talking about credit. And as I said, if you have any, any questions for any one of us or anything in general, 866-970-9622. Thanks for being patient. I have a couple of questions so I guess we're close to afternoon. So I want to say good afternoon, Ann. Thanks for calling. What's on your Hi. mind today? Hi. What What are you um, thinking? It, if you want to transfer the ownership of your one family house to a trust, how do you do it? Do you have a mortgage on the property? Yes. The bank has got to consent to that, yes. uh, but generally they will if it's a if it's a um, uh, trust that's it's for paid estate planning. Yeah, but it, but nevertheless, the bank has still got to consent as long as it's for estate planning. Uh, they'll they'll usually consent to it, and then you I mean you could do it yourself, but it's easier to have a lawyer draft up uh, a new deed and and then file it with the county. It's not a terribly complicated process. Can I draft process. it myself? Is it so you can difficult? do your own appendectomy, too, if you want. But, <laughs> um, you can do anything yourself if you know how to do it. I don't mean to be facetious, but it's not it's not terribly difficult. But, you know, it's a lot of people find it easier just to pay a lawyer, you know, six dollars $700 to, to take care of it for them and not have to do the headaches of it. But some people are more do-it-yourself well, people. It's hard you know? to make the success. It is. And, and probably it, if so. you Google... I think I Google everything. So uh, if you Google how to do it, there probably is something on uh, that will tell you how True. to do it. Uh, but you just want to make is sure you did tax? it. Is there a, a city or a county tax to move no. the property no. to your trust no. fund? <clears throat> no. There will be a filing fee, but there wouldn't be a transfer tax because there's and the filing no. Fee Hold on. you got to let me. About. <laughs> because there's no consideration. Uh, it's, a, it's a couple hundred dollars in filing fees. In New York City, yeah. Okay. And and here's and, and here's what you should do. You just want to make sure you did it right. So because you don't want to defeat your purpose, because whoever you're putting that in trust, whatever you're putting your property, whoever that is that you're putting it in trust for, will bypass the the estate at your death. So you want to make sure that you did it right. But I think that. Right, Jerry. I'm sure you can Google it or something if you if you have that. You know, look, I, I I have a little different tactic on this. I I'm not a big advocate of, of trying to these things that have big repercussions if they don't go right. I'm right. not a big advocate on trying to do it yourself True. because, uh, you know, if you make a mistake, it's just not going to work. It's one thing if, you know, I'm I'm hanging a picture on the wall and big deal. You know, I mean, I'll do it myself. I'll figure out how to do it. But some of these things that are. Um, that you can pay a professional. Yes, I understand a few hundred dollars is hard to make, but if it doesn't work, if you do it wrong, for example, you know, I see people all the time that come to me and they say, you know, can you redo my will? I did it on, you know, one of these services. And I look, I've never Online. seen one. I've, right. yeah, I've never seen one that was done correctly in accordance with New York law. Not one. 
um, because New York law is very, very specific in terms of how you can do a will and how it has to be attested to and how the, the people that attest to it can't take under the will. And it's a very specific provision. So, you know, it's, it's up to you. And I, and I say, you know, facetiously, you can do your own appendectomy. People, you know, can do all kinds of things on your own. Everything I try to do around the house, when I look online at a video, I screw it up even though it looks very easy on the video, you know, and then I try to do it and all of a sudden everything's falling apart. So there we are. Well, what about if you inherit the house from your mother who owned the house and what you're the it? only heir, you go to probate court and they give you whatever documents, it's open and shut that it's yours. And the lawyer's going to charge you 800 to file the deed in your name now? Transfer well, from your mother's you, name to you, yours? Well, now you've added another step in it, right? So your mother died. The home was in her name. Did she have a will? Yeah, probate. um, My friend went to probate court, and it was all fine. No, no. no, Did she have a will? Okay, well, did she have a will? Yeah. 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 So at that point in time, you can do the transfer uh, into the, the heir's name. Uh, I'm not sure I'm following exactly what your question is, but you well, know, if it's you, all. You want to put the house. In Does your she have name? to pay if she if you're transferring the house to your name? Is the, there, there a filing charge or a there's fee? Always, there's, always there's always fees. Filing there's filing nothing fees. you do for yeah. free, but yeah. I, I I don't know how much it is, but I don't think the, it's that the much. Not for Eight hundred to do it. And I don't know how much of that was the city tax and how much he wanted for himself. Well, then you'll have to ask him. I, you know, we yeah. really don't know who I'm your attorney is. If you could do it yourself, put it in your well, own name. Again, you can do anything yourself, and sometimes it'll work and sometimes <laughs> it won't. It's, it's but up listen, to you. when someone's <laughs> giving you property and you're getting it for free, I would suggest you make sure somebody does it right. You don't want to find out that it's not in your name. <laughs> yeah. So I would, I, would, I would tend to say that you should kind of there's somebody you know call a couple of different people up and maybe you'll get somebody or maybe you'll get somebody who's just starting out as a lawyer and so we can you know but i would yeah. suggest like that jerry said thank you Anne, and thanks for calling and good luck okay. let us know how you make thank out you. i have janello from brooklyn good afternoon janello thanks yes, for calling the show hi what's your question the question is i have a full family house brick in brooklyn is in bad condition people want to buy it as is, and I was. I want to sell it as is. What must I do? Okay, so you have a four um, family. Is it a legal four family? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, well, that well, that's a good. And you want to sell it as is? Yeah, and they're willing. The people, there's a lot of interest. Uh, uh, real estate individuals, they 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 want to buy it as is. They, they'll have to like uh, strip it down and and build back up, but they want to do it. And it's, it's going on in Brooklyn. Uh, and uh, I'm glad that, that that I got something like that, and they want to buy it. Well, so that, I, I, I say this: What must I do? Well, first of all, you, you do you know do you do you have someone that you the broker that you know that you trust that would help you price it? Because even as is, if you have a legal four family, and again, I don't know how much work is involved, but regardless of what the work is, that's a nice income producing property. Uh, and you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people that might want to buy it and. As is means that you don't have to do anything. Whatever the condition is, is the condition, and too bad. Like if you, 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 you know, you're not. So I, I think Jerry, you'd have to really find out the right price, or, or make yeah. sure you're pricing it right. My concern is always that you know, whenever I have a client come to me and 
they're selling on their own and it's a situation like this. I'm always, I always say to them, listen, are you sure you're pricing it right? Because I can't help you with pricing and valuation. That's not my thing. You know, I can help you do the transfer, but I don't want people taking a major asset of theirs and underselling it. And when there's lots of people circling around and trying to be nice and sweet and buy it from you, sometimes they're doing it because you may have priced it too low. So be careful and make sure yeah. you talk how to did real you, estate. Did you, you don't broker. have to tell me the price, but how did you price it? Did someone give you some ideas or did you talk talk to a few brokers? Well, they they gave me an offer of six, you know. Yeah, but, that, no, but, but that's not what we're asking. Yeah. yeah. They might have given you an offer of six, but yeah. who helped you determine the price? What if it's worth seven? Or eight or well, nine. Like you, six might be a good offer. Maybe it's not a good offer. I don't know what your home is worth, but I can tell you this: legal for families are, you know, yeah, pretty, valuable. pretty, pretty. If you have that much interest, there's yeah, probably pretty a good reason. today. I mean, people want to yeah, get. Well, but what it is is, it's like uh, a bad condition. They will have to, uh, like they say, uh, do the thing all over. Uh, okay. I, I, Hold up. Wait a minute. You you got to listen. Dottie's trying to give you yeah, advice. Listen, I, listen I, I want me. you to hear her because and suppose suppose you got a building on the corner of Fifth Avenue and Twenty Third Street, and it's in really really bad condition. And somebody says, "Well, I'll give you five hundred thousand for it." Well, that's a woefully inadequate price because of the location. Of course, of course. So Dottie wants to make sure that so you're not underselling. So I'm just saying that, yeah, there, when somebody generally says to you, when a buyer says, you know, this is wrong and that's wrong and I have to do all this and this and this, they generally, that might be true, but they generally try to give you a low price right. to say, yeah. this is why I'm not offering you what it's worth. Now, if you are selling it as is, certainly it's going to be less than it would be worth if it was in perfect condition. Of However... Course. Before I would sell it to somebody, I would have a couple of brokers in to give mm-hmm. you what they think that it's worth. You you know. Yeah. Even though it is, uh, check it out. Check it out because once you yeah. sign a contract with somebody, and you know if you find out later that it was worth a hundred or hundred more or a hundred, it's too late. But did you hear right, about that? Right. You you heard about the Da Vinci that sold for five hundred million dollars last uh, in January? Did you yes, hear about that? Yes. Okay. Do you know how much? The owner before the owner that sold it, how much they bought it for? Do you know how much? Ten thousand dollars at an estate sale. Ten thousand dollars. They the people didn't know what they had, so you yeah. got to make sure you understand the value of your asset. Yeah. If you need any okay. help with that, let us know. Okay. Keep us posted because that's a valuable asset you have, and you know yeah. we don't want to sell it too cheap. You don't want to overprice it either. But I would get a professional to help you price it. Okay. All right. Thanks and have a good weekend. Keep us posted. Yeah, everybody. Have a nice weekend. Take you care. You too. Okay, good luck. I have Lori from Queens. Hi, Lori. Good afternoon. Good almost afternoon. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I actually heard what you were uh, telling this gentleman. Um, my question is this. I currently have a two-family, but it's an attached home. Um it's a two-family. It has a, a guest apartment on the lower level. Each of the um, two apartments above are three bedrooms, one and a half wow. bath. Um, and I am in Queens, and I have been living here many, many years and see 
a very big boom. Oh, absolutely. 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 Apartment houses, rentals. There isn't a spot on Queens Boulevard in this area where a taxpayer has been torn down. Lori, can you do me a favor? They're they're making me have a break now. Just hold on and we'll continue. We'll take two two minutes and we'll be through the break and then you can finish speaking. All right. We'll be right back with Lori and how to sell your home. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back. You're listening to I on Real Estate and 866-970-9622. We're talking to Laurie and Queens, and she's told us that she has a two-family in Queens, a legal two family. What does it have? A guest bedroom also? A guest apartment also? Um, they call it um, guest In-law? apartment. Yeah. Which is a one bedroom. Okay, so you it have. It has a-, a bedroom, living room. Oh. Um, no. You know, sink, no kitchen sink, blah. Mm. Nice, nice. So you're thinking of selling that? Is that- I yes, I would like to sell it, and I was just listening to the gentleman uh, before my call, yes. and I also um, just thought, listening to him, that I would like to sell it as is, mm-hmm. um, because at this point I'm a senior. At this point, um, I would like to um, relocate. Okay, well, let me ask you something, Lori. When you sell at is as is, you know you're going to get substantially less. And that's fine if you have like structural damage to your home, like let's say the roof. There's a, but you, you're. I don't. What's the condition of the the home? I mean, other than I'm not even talking about like does it need decorating or does it need paint? Uh, the condition of it is it in, you know de- like you know the the maintenance has it been kept up or does it need a lot Reasonab- of work? reasonably well. The um, <clears throat> I live in one of the apartments. One of the other apartments, a three-bedroom, right, um, has been empty. Um, so um, it has still the carpeting, which is old. I, I mean, that's okay. Really but topical. you see, Lori, that's cosmetic stuff. You know, let's say if it right. has old carpeting or yeah. the floors. Are, but as is, generally, people who sell as is, it's not about the cosmetics as much as oh. it is. Structural. Am I correct in saying that, Jerry? The yeah. way I'm saying yeah, it. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. I mean, in other okay. words, somebody might say, "Gee, I'll pay you more if the house has a new kitchen, this and that." But as is, when you sell it as is, somebody thinks in their mind that somebody that the place needs so much work. But oh. if, if if it needs a coat of paint and maybe new carpets and things, and maybe you don't want to be bothered doing that. It needs updating then. Yeah, and you <laughs> can me- put that right in the list. And when you you know you can say needs updating or you know something like that but that's definitely updating yeah but you know what that's relatively in the scheme of things not so expensive Mm -hmm. and sometimes you you make money on that because you know you do five thousand worth of cosmetics and you get twenty thousand more when you sell it yeah see that's what i'm not sure of and you know what i don't know your property but what i would tell you is this if you get a couple of brokers in or we can help you you find out about what it's worth Mm-hmm. Then, then you'll say, okay, if I hired a handyman, 
Now, you might not want to do this, but it's always an option. You should know your options. If I had a handyman who ripped the rugs out and kind of just gave it a fresh coat of paint, would it make a big difference in price? Because it might, depending on what that cost you. But I really have to tell you, if you have a legal two family, you're in Queens. Again, those are really people look for that. It's a great investment. Yeah. And even though you haven't rented that other apartment, uh, there are people that are looking all over. There's not a lot of inventory out now. Mm-hmm. And for somebody who wants to make extra income and wants to be like a you know a landlord and have, look, I I think that if people. Really, I wish I would have put a bunch of legal two families or I would be sitting on easy street and everyone thinks, oh, your business, you know, one day I'll talk about business and being an entrepreneur. It's kind of a up and down. You never know. But I am telling you, I know I've been in the business so long. I know so many of these guys who really just bought real estate and they, you know, they bought it and held it and bought it and rented it. And I have to tell you, they're wealthier than anyone I know. And they you know, don't the have thing about, The thing about carpeting, <clears throat> when we did my aunt's house, uh, she had carpeting and pulled it up because it was older. And the floors were in gorgeous condition underneath. That's another thing. People like hardwood floors these days. Now, it's, I, it's trendy. I did and, pull up carpeting downstairs uh-huh. in uh, two of the bedrooms, and the yeah. floors are very nice there. Yeah. The yeah they've been preserved. This, this house has been up, I think it was built in uh, the late 60s. Yes, it's so the, the wood floors are lovely, yeah. but most of them are carpeted. Okay, so it's what I would say is this, and I have to tell you quickly, I did well, a couple of years back something for Diane Sawyer, and they had they sent me to this listing. It wasn't Douglas Elements. It was just somebody's listing. It wasn't even in an area that I re- really knew well. Mm-hmm. And uh, they said, you know, this house has been in the market one year, and it hasn't sold. What would you do? And it was a, it wasn't an expensive expensive house. It was probably about I don't know five or six hundred. Anyhow, to make a long story short, they gave me five thousand dollars, and they gave me twenty four hours to redo in twenty four hours that house. And so I called all the people I knew. You know, and we changed the carpets, we sanded the floors, we pulled the carpets up. To P.S. the house was on the market a year, and I really believe that it sold in a couple of weeks. At a higher price. Isn't that the one that was on TV? Yes, you remember. In Westchester? Yes, you're right. How do you yeah, know? You, I, I saw you. You did? I oh, my did. goodness. You, you are miraculous. <laughs> you don't know. I didn't expect her to do that. She, she, it's, it's funny that you remember because I she said. a lasting impression. She said, Dottie, and she didn't, it wasn't a plan. I wasn't supposed to do that. She said, if you can, I'm going to give you $5,000. And she told me that while I was on the air. And I'll never forget it. I got on the floor. I started calling people I knew. And I was like, hey, you've got to get furniture in here. You've got to get this. And we really did a good job with under $5,000. And that house sold for more money. And I think they put it back on TV again to show it. So all I'm saying to you is you have a good, you, you bought well. Okay, it's a good investment. You're in a great market. And I just want to make sure you get the right amount of money. It's not an as this house. It just needs cosmetics. So, okay, so what is the best way for me? I mean, I have called and spoken to every uh, the couple of brokers. And I what do they say? They all, they all have immediate buyers. 
Um, I'm very leery about uh, even hiring an attorney because I really don't know uh, the history of the attorney. He could have done one sale. He could have done 100 sales. Or um, he could be... Yeah, you can ask that question. First of all, like I said, I would not advise you to do this on your own. I would not advise you not to use an attorney. Because, oh, no. I, I, but, but you can ask him or you can ask if you, you know, Jerry's an attorney. He does real estate. So if you trust him, he's been on the show with me for eight years and I give him my business. I, I've been listening to your show, so. So I so. see that. I can't believe I really – you have to leave me your email or I know someplace to get in touch with you. I think that's it's, it's terrific. I would see to you that, you know, if you have a bunch of brokers that gave you prices, you have to kind of see what's in the middle. And yeah. you do not want to take anybody – sign anything unless you are comfortable with the person and they put in writing a marketing plan and what they plan to do. Okay. Okay. Not that they say, okay, we're going to sell your listing. And you want to say, and then you should ask them and you could, you find how much experience do they have? And, and mm-hmm. the, and the, uh, you said about the immediate buyer, the broker says, I have an immediate buyer. I'm a little leery about that too. So because am I. <laughs> that, that to me says, well, I've got somebody that I know. Who's yeah, a friend I don't, I, I can't tie myself up forever. Yeah, you, you want to, you really want to get, you want to put it on the market and get an open bidding process with, with the A legitimate bid, bid yeah. for yeah. whatever the value is at right. this point. Um, I know the rentals on an apartment like this in this area are $2,500, a month. Well, see, that's income-producing property. Yes. So when, they, when they've come up with a price, you can't do it only as it's residential. It is residential, but it's also income-producing. Okay. So you want to make sure that you get one. And if you need any advice, you can just email me, and I'll be glad to give it to you. I, you know, just to be nice, uh, just to give you advice, and I'm glad to do it, especially since you've been watching me and you you remember, and that was a while ago. I remember, absolutely. <laughs> what a magnificent turnaround in a very short period They gave of me time. 24 hours. That wasn't yes. BS. It was 24 hours I had to do yes. that. So thank yes. you so much, and if you need anything, I'm glad to just tell you, over, you know, I'll tell you over the phone what to do. May um, I just have your email? Yes, well, if I will... I don't know if they radio have it. Radioshow Yeah. If you put radioshow at element.com, I'll email it to you. Thank you very much. And you have a great weekend, Laura. You too. Great Thank speaking you both. to you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That is so funny. That is so funny. <laughs> I remember that show. That was yeah. A, that was um, a whirlwind. Let me take a quick question because we our time is running up. So next week I'll start off with the stuff on the retirement. And it's not about retiring. It's about how you prepare yourself for retiring. And since the millennials want to retire at 40, they better start at 25. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me take a quick question from Johnny from Westchester. Good afternoon, Johnny. I don't... Good afternoon. I called the show before. I sold my house as is in Brooklyn, and uh, I got a million in change, which I didn't expect to get. So I definitely recommend get a real estate agent, and you'll they'll do just fine by you. Thank you, Johnny. And you did call the show and you sold it for a nice amount of money and you had a professional price set for you and you didn't have to really fix it because it was in demand and people wanted it. And so if somebody really wants something, you know, and if I, I don't remember, did you have any structural damage? No. Wasn't it just cosmetics or? 
I was more cosmetic. I did have some. Uh, basically, I've gone there already. They've gutted the house. So oh. it didn't matter what I had. Oh, right. So they wouldn't care. They didn't care because they, they were gutting the care. house. I'm yeah. glad. I hope that you spend that money and it makes more millions for you. Well, the kids got some of it. So oh, good for them. You're a good. Well, then you're a good dad. You're a good dad. You're okay. lucky to have you. Have a great weekend, Johnny. Thanks for calling in. And by the way, that gives Enjoy. us, that puts us to the end of another wonderful show and with you and everybody else. So have a great week. Enjoy the nice weather. And we'll be back next week. Sayonara. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A.